up, y'all, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Deanna, and you're tuned into Down Home Diva. Today, I'm reviewing Insecure Season 4, Episode 9, entitled Low Key Trying. All right, so I'm going to try a different format for this review. I'm going to record in segments so that you can get live reactions throughout the entire episode. Y'all, I just started the show. And we get the sequence of Issa and Lawrence. They're just all bayed up, booed up in Lawrence's apartment. They're doing their work together. They're sipping from the same wine bottle. They're just giving everybody life. And I know I am not a Team Lawrence person yet because I still feel like they need to do some growing apart. But you cannot deny the chemistry that Jay Ellis and Issa Rae have on screen. It is magnetic. So... (laughs) Good first scene. Love to see it. Love to see it. But I hate to see it at the same time. Then they start having this conversation. First of all, shout out to Issa because she always has the cutest hairstyles, the nicest makeup, and the cutest shirts to me. And shout out to that Barry Gordy, um, what was it, Last Dragon shirt. I said, girl, I got to get me one of these. Where are you getting this from? This vintage material, okay? Anyway... So Lawrence and Issa have this conversation um, because Issa gets this text message from Nathan saying, hey, can you help me like pack or do something? So I guess he's moving. She tells Lawrence, you know, I do have a friend. His name is Nathan and such and such. And I just want to be honest with you about, you know, our predicament right now. So basically Lawrence and Issa are kind of like in this situation. They're in a situationship of sorts. Um, And that's when... Issa says, you know, do you have anybody else that you are kind of cordial with? And that's when Lauren says, oh, Condola, well, you know, that's over. Is it really over? Is it really over? I don't think it's over. I think that there is a reason why Condola kept trying to blow up Lawrence's phone, and it's not because she just wanted him so bad. Whatever. Moving on, we get this sequence where Molly is at her therapist, okay? Um, Her name is Dr. Rhonda. I said, okay, Dr. Rhonda. Okay, Ron Ron. Okay. Um, and there's Hawking. And Molly is bringing up this whole conversation about her and Issa's relationship and basically saying that Issa needs to apologize. She's the one that's wrong. She brings up the, I think she brings up the situation with Andrew's brother and so on and so on. But she feels like she doesn't have to be the one to apologize, which I told you all is a part of Molly's issue. So then Dr. Rhonda says to Molly, okay, are you noticing a pattern here? Are you noticing that you're always the quote-unquote right one and everyone else is wrong? Do you realize that that has affected your relationships with people like Dro and people like your dad? If you all listened to my previous podcast, I brought up those two people specifically, okay? She basically tells Molly, is it worth winning all the time? Do you always have to win? But she also says to Molly, do you want to be right or do you want to be in a relationship? Because either way, you're going to have to do some compromising, essentially, okay? And then she asked Molly, are you willing to do the work? I said, okay, Ayala, all right, you better ask the important questions. And Molly's just like, dang, well, you just read me, like, oof, or whatever. So that was that whole counseling session. Then we get Issa, she's in her apartment, chilling, doing some work, I'm assuming, and she gets a text message from Nathan basically saying that, you know, thanks for deciding to help out. Come roll by on Thursday after 3 or something. And that's when um, Issa calls Kelly. 
So I'm guessing that Kelly is her designated like person to talk to now that she doesn't have Molly as like that sounding board. So she calls Kelly. Kelly is everyone I know. Kelly is all of my friends. Okay, like her voicemail was so professional. Hello, you've reached Kelly Penny and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, speaking Spanish or whatever. Like, she did the whole nine yards. I said, yes, girl, you better be professional, multidimensional, multilingual, all of that, okay? What is it, bilingual? You better be bilingual, okay? Kelly didn't answer, so Issa leaves a voicemail saying she just needs some advice on a couple of things. Then Issa calls Amal. Child, Amal is some in some Jamaican restaurant or something eating some spicy chicken. And Issa asks him, about the Nathan and Lawrence situation. And she just asks, you know, am I overthinking it? Or should I just cut off my ties with Nathan? Or should I keep the lines of communication open with Nathan and Lawrence? Or what do I do? And Amal is just talking. First of all, he answers the phone talking about some, what's up, Stanley dead? Y'all got to remember, Stanley is their mother's boyfriend. I said, you know you wrong for that. But they talk about the whole Nathan and Lawrence situation. And Amal basically says, oh, I think you're just overthinking it. But he really wasn't giving out any advice. What he was doing was just saying, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, okay. And I said, you know what? Useless. Useless and trash. Because that sounds like a conversation that I have with my brother. He never, ever, ever is truly listening. He's just saying, mm-hmm, okay, all right, all right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Annoying. Annoying. Okay. Issa got to be a big girl. You got to make up the decision on your own because you ain't got nobody to give you advice at this point, okay? And I wouldn't want Molly's advice anyway. Half the time, her advice be trash. She needs to get some advice. But the thing is, she does have one of those daydreaming moments where she actually calls Molly and Molly's just like, I'm in the car, what's up? Giving typical Molly attitude. And so that's when they're talking and she's like you know the only person i really want to talk to about my current situation with lawrence is you and blah 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 and molly's just like typical isa messy da, 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 whatever you know all the things that she told isa she was in their argument and so on and that's when kind of isa snaps out of it but isa does eventually call molly and she leaves a voicemail saying hey it's isa can we meet up and molly receives that voicemail when she is walking out of her therapist's office. My thing is, she shouldn't have done that. I know that Issa isn't in the mind of Molly, but I wish she wouldn't have done that because it just validates whatever Molly thinks, you know, about the situation. Molly thinking that she's right right now and that she doesn't need to reach out is further validated by Issa calling Molly first. And so, annoyed. I feel like Molly is never going to be open and honest and vulnerable until she decides to do it for herself. But until she is honest with herself, she cannot be honest with anybody else. And she can't be honest with anybody else until she takes the first step at correcting what she has done. And so at this point, no matter what Issa decides to do to make the situation right, it's not going to change anything because Molly is going to be same old Molly. Until Molly gets out of her own way, nothing is ever going to be right. And that's just point blank, period. And even if they do get on the same terms, even if Molly decides that I was wrong and Issa decides that she was wrong, that friendship dynamic will forever be changed. And it's not to say that they will have a negative friendship going forward, but what it's saying, what I'm saying is that their friendship will be redefined in a way that matches their current circumstances. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. You know what I mean? If you are 
a young adult or an adult, hell, as a teenager, you will experience the ups and downs of friendships and relationships. And the God honest truth is that you're going to lose some, you're going to win some, and then some are going to evolve. And right now, this is evolving. If they ever have any chance of getting back together and getting to be friends again, that is going to have to have evolved. Point blank, period. <sighs> and once they meet up, you know, Issa is her naturally awkward self. And so she's just like, hey, hey, girl. And Molly's just like, hey, ooh, I ain't going to make it. I'm not going to make it. So they try to have small talk. My thing is Molly sits down and is dead quiet. And Issa's just like, you know, how was the trip? It's good. It was good. It was good. Okay. Um, How is your nephew? Oh, which one? Um, Jerome had a baby. They had the baby and they left, uh, the girl left the baby with Jerome. So now we got a whole stranger living in our house. <laughs> I was just like, bruh, y'all gotta ease up on Molly's brother. Molly gotta ease up on her brother. <laughs> so then um, Molly's just like, hmm, are you waiting to exhale or inhale? Pick a choose, do something. Issa sitting there looking like a lump on a log. It was awkward. <sighs> then Molly goes home. First of all, she got the keys to the crib. I said, okay, you better have keys to your man's house. Molly and Andrew begin to chit-chat about the whole Issa brunch situation. And that's when Andrew brings up the fact that, you know, you could have met her halfway if y'all didn't really talk through anything. You know, what happened? Was there any compromise? And Molly essentially said, hell no, it wasn't no compromising. I have to pause and say this. Okay, I have to take a pause for the calls and say that Andrew is too good for Molly. Andrew, I said in the previous episodes of this podcast that I liked Andrew and Molly's dynamic because of the fact that Andrew balances Molly out a little bit. But at this point, it's becoming really passive. And I feel like that's messing with Andrew a little bit because if you can't be open and honest with your boo, then who can you be open and honest with? And Molly is not willing to be vulnerable to that extent. And that's going to affect her in the long run when it comes to her and Andrew. And then Andrew asks Molly um, to go with him to a Clippers game with his brother because he his brother is offering a peace offering from what happened during the trip. So his brother's in town. He has tickets to the Clippers game. He wants to invite Molly. And Molly says, basically, no, I'm not going to go, but you have fun. I don't understand... Molly's situation when it comes to this because it seems like you just went to canceling you just had someone tell you you need to compromise what's more what's more important you being right or you having a relationship you just got all this knowledge and you still acting silly and then on top of that it's almost like you don't I know Molly said it's almost like even though Molly has said she doesn't know how to act in a long-term relationship because she never has been in that predicament, but it seems kind of obvious that if someone is trying to mend ties with you and they could potentially be your family in the future, you would do what you have to do to assure that you don't go into a family or go into you know, the future and it be tension. It would make sense for you to go ahead and nix that because there's going to be so many other years where you're going to have even more uh, heated debates but Molly is not trying to compromise at all so she just doesn't decide to go to the game it's just so silly to me like girl you're not ready to do the work with Issa you're not ready to do the work with your dad you're not ready to do the work with your co-workers you're not ready to do the work with your man 
then what's going to happen? Who are you going to have to talk to? And I think she's going to have to learn that the hard way. When everybody is gone, then who are you going to call? When everyone is gone, then who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to talk to? When everyone is gone, then you'll realize that compromising goes a long way. But until you have lost everything, you won't know what to do. You, you're going to keep doing the same old thing. Y'all got me preaching on here, and we're not even halfway through the episode yet. And since Issa since is on her cultural curator kick, and she's kind of found her niche, now she's trying to plan her next endeavor um, with her executive assistant. I forgot the executive assistant's name, but they're doing their business. And Issa has a conversation with Lawrence on the phone. He basically tells her that he got the job or he had the, yeah, he got the job. He basically tells her, well, I got the job. So that's good. And then Issa goes to Nathan's house. And when they're at the house, Issa brings up the fact that her and Lawrence are trying to work it out. So she just lets um, Nathan know. Nathan tells her, um, he was kind of sour. He was like, the dude you cheated with? Well, that dude kind of seemed kind of funny. I hope you get his stuff together and, you know, he stay on track this time or whatnot. And that's when Issa tells him, well, at least he doesn't run off and he can use his words. So Nathan finally explains the full reason why he decided to leave. He told her that he was depressed, as we already kind of knew. But he says that when he was in Houston, he found out that he is bipolar. And that's why he's been kind of having these issues. And I think that was a real turning point for Issa because Issa is just such a kind heart. You could tell that she doesn't have, like, any ill intentions. And Nathan tells her that, you know, there's only a couple of people he can talk to, and she's one of them, so he really appreciates her. So I think that even if Issa and Nathan don't get together, they'll still be friends. I don't know. Can you have guy friends? Ha, ha, ha. That's a Harry when Harry met Sally question. Ha, ha. If you caught it, good for you. Anyway, I think they could still be cordial because Issa and Nathan, they kind of have the same mindset when it comes to, like, what they want to do in their career, their entrepreneurs, and so on and so on. So it was real sweet. I love to see it. I love to see grown people actually talking. You know what I mean? That was good. Molly brings in some food uh, to give Andrew, and she's just like, we got this good boneless ragoon or whatever. And Andrew just tells her, well, I thought we were doing Indian. And she says, well, yeah, I don't like that place. So last time I went there, that place was whatever. The look on Andrew's face was everything and then some. His face was just like, you know how people do that smile, and they nod their head, but their mouth is closed? That that will kill a person. His look was just like, all right, now you're doing too much. Moving on, somehow um, Issa and Nathan are not finished moving out. And so... Uh, Andrew and all of them decide to kind of like chill, kick it a little bit, eat food and drink. So they're kicking, Issa's kicking, talking about her first apartment and, you know, Molly is laughing or whatnot. And they're talking about, you know, the, just the good old days. They start talking about a game that they used to play called Celebrity Mafia. And and basically in this game, you have to guess, you have to guess a celebrity's height. And if you're wrong, you have to drink. Y'all. Molly was like, uh, 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 should we play? Uh, uh, should we play? I'm like, can you be more obvious? Can you be more obvious? So they decide to play. And this is when the stuff all went left, okay? Molly tries to do this little switcheroo 
Molly tells Andrew, we ran out of wine, go to the kitchen, get some wine. And she tries to text Andrew, but she ends up texting Issa. And the text says, see, I'm trying with her. What? When you're doing something that's slick, you got to make sure you're texting the right person. Okay? Make sure. Issa gets it. She looks at Molly. Keep in mind, during this whole time, Molly is trying to kiki with Nathan or whatever. And Issa texts her and says, I don't think this was meant for me. And basically tells everyone in the room, I'm out. I'll talk to y'all later. So Molly goes running after Issa. And she tells Issa, you know, you've been dancing around this all day and blah, blah, blah. And saying that she's not showing any effort. And that's when Issa tells Molly, you're the one who's not showing any effort. I'm the one who called you. I'm the one who set up the brunch. What have you been doing? Because it seems like you don't want to discuss anything. And Molly tells her, well, this has been happening for months. It's not just about the block party and blah, blah, blah. And Issa says, I know. And that's why I've been trying to make an effort, but you haven't. Molly tells Issa, well, I guess that the person that I am, the person that you are, are not meant to be friends right now. Bruh. You can see the crushed look in Issa's eyes. And Molly is so freaking hard and cold. That in that moment, I said, oh, throw Molly away. Throw her away. She didn't have any remorse for what she said. What escaped her lips, she didn't care. She said it, and Issa was just like, if that's how you feel, then that's how you feel, basically. And she she got in that car, and she left. Now, y'all, I don't even know what's going to happen in this next episode. I don't know. I just, whew, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to be mad if Nathan gets with Issa, but I'm not going to be mad if Lawrence gets with Issa either, but... I don't know what's going to happen, y'all. Y'all let me know. But all I have to say is that you can say what you want to say, but the only person who's slick on um Molly's side is Andrew. And at this point, Molly don't pissed off Andrew, so that ain't going to work out. I'm telling you right now, and if they don't, I mean, sorry, wrong prediction, but my prediction is they're going to break up, and that's when Molly going to finally break. But y'all tell me how y'all feel. Um... That was a rough episode. I'm not going to lie. It was rough. But anyway, y'all can contact me on Instagram at the DH Diva. That's at the DH Diva. You can also follow me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore estimated. That's D-E-E underscore E-S-T-I-M-A-T-E-D on Twitter. Thanks again for tuning in, you all. And I'll talk to you later. But until then, remember to be your down-home self. Bye.